Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We're continuing on in Joshua chapter 4. Last time we looked at the memorial stones that uh, the Lord asked Joshua to bring up out of the middle of the Jordan River to help the people of Israel remember. And we finished up last time by reading Joshua 4 verses 6 and 7. And I'm going to read those verses again and then continue on uh, through verse 14. Let this be a sign among you so that when your children ask later, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, Because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. And we talked about memorials that we remember uh, today as believers in Christ. And for the Israelites here, uh, this was to be a reminder to them of the Lord accomplishing this miracle of cutting off the waters of the Jordan River and everything that would have gone with that, including the Lord's prediction that this was going to be a sign to them uh, that his promise for them to conquer the land of Canaan uh, would be enacted. Now verse 8, And thus the sons of Israel did, as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, just as the Lord spoke to Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. And they carried them over with them to the lodging place and put them down there. Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the feet of the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. And they are there to this day. For the priests who carried the Ark were standing in the middle of the Jordan until everything was completed that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people, according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. And the people hurried and crossed. And it came about when all the people had finished crossing that the ark of the Lord and the priests crossed before the people. And the sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over in battle array before the sons of Israel, just as Moses had spoken to them. About 40,000 equipped for war crossed for battle before the Lord to the desert plains of Jericho. And on that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel so that they revered him just as they had revered Moses all the days of his life. Now we have several things happening in this short section of verses here. So the memorial is predicted by the Lord and explained to Joshua. And then Joshua goes and explains it uh, in the verses we read last time to the people of Israel. And now here the memorial is going to be enacted. So in verse 8, uh, they do what Joshua has commanded to do. Uh, the chosen men go up into the middle of the riverbed where the priests are still standing holding that Ark of the Covenant, and they take these 12 large stones, lift them up on their shoulders, and cross over to the western side of where the Jordan River normally is and set them down where the people are going to be camping. Joshua, in verse 9 very interestingly, 
goes out into the riverbed where the priests are standing, and he himself sets up a monument of 12 stones where those priests are at in the riverbed. And the author of Joshua gives us the commentary there. They are there to this day. Now, this is a, one of those little phrases that gives us a hint as to someone later on is telling us that what happened during this event of Joshua setting up the stones, they're still in the midst of the river when this person is writing. Now, we don't know exactly when that is, but probably uh, because the end of the book of Joshua records the death of Joshua. Uh, it's, it's the same author writing there. This is probably someone during the early period of the judges that's putting this all together, compiling. Uh, maybe Joshua wrote some of this himself. Maybe he uh, put down some of these events and they're compiling everything together. Now he's telling us in this little phrase, yeah, this thing that Joshua did in crossing over the Jordan, those stones are still there uh, in our time. We've been there, we've looked in the middle of the Jordan, and there's still that, that little altar is still set up there. Verses 10 and 11, the priests, remember, all this time, while all these things are going on, are continuing to stand in the midst of the riverbed. Now, I wouldn't feel too bad for these priests. We're not talking about days and days that are happening here. Remember, the Jordan River has dried up. The waters were cut off 15 to 20 miles upstream. So it's not as if Israel has to pass through single file across the Jordan River. They can take a mile or two and all the people can just sweep over. There's there's really no waiting period here. They can all go through rather quickly. And so uh, the priests who are still standing holding the ark, I mean, they would have had to have some resilience to be able to carry this uh, heavy wooden box overlaid with gold. Um, but they're not there for days and days and days. So they're still standing in the midst of the riverbed. And we're given all these details here of what happens next. Uh, they're there until everything the Lord uh, desires to be accomplished, everything he commands Joshua to say to the people, um, they are there through all of that. And then as the last people hurry and cross over, uh, when all the people had finally gotten over and all of these details have been taken care of, then the priests are going to take the ark and uh, finish crossing the Jordan. And uh, as we'll see uh, at the end of this chapter, when their uh, feet come up out of the riverbed, uh, the waters of the Jordan return to their normal position. So just to go through one more time, the events of the crossing of the Jordan River as recorded in Joshua chapters 3 and 4. Uh, what we have beforehand, of course, is the Lord uh, telling Joshua what's going to take place uh, as far as the priests carrying the ark out into the river. Uh, Joshua commands the priests and all the people to get ready, but the priests will, first of all, carry the ark of the covenant out into the water. When their feet stand in the midst of the Jordan River, then the waters of the Jordan are cut off. They're cut off about 15, 20 miles upstream so that 
all of the, the riverbed just completely dries up. And the text tells us all the way from uh, Adam and Zarephath, all, all the way down to uh, the Dead Sea. It's, it becomes dry. Uh, so the priests there are still standing with the ark, and they continue to stand throughout all of the subsequent events. Then the majority of the people of Israel pass over uh, across the Jordan River, and probably including Joshua, everybody crosses over. And then when we come to chapter 4, the, the things that we've just read, the Lord speaks to Joshua again and says, okay, before the priests come up with the ark, Go back, to appoint those 12 men, go back into the riverbed, have them carry up 12 stones onto the western side of the river, and we'll set up uh, an altar there, a memorial place. And then they, so Joshua points these men and they go back in and they grab these stones and do this. Joshua himself goes in and sets up 12 stones in the midst of where the river normally is, where the priests are standing in the riverbed. Now, this probably would not have been too deep into the river because when the priests stand in the river, uh, the waters are cut off. So they wouldn't have had to go out very far. Um, so Joshua sets up these 12 stones. Then everybody gets across. And once everybody is across, finally the priests are the last ones to cross over and then the waters of the Jordan return uh, to their former position. Uh, in verses 12 and 13, we see the two and a half tribes, the tribe of Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh crossing over for battle, uh, their military men uh, all in battle array here, just as they had spoken to Moses. Now, this takes place to fulfill uh, what these two and a half tribes have promised to Moses back in Numbers chapter 32. And I want to read a couple of verses from Numbers 32 uh, quickly here that give us some uh, background about this. So this is Numbers chapter 32 and verse 20. Remember, this is after the people of Israel have conquered the two kings of the Amorites living in the Transjordan, Sihon and Og, and these two and a half tribes come to Moses and say, we would really like to stay here. The land is good. Let's live here. And initially, Moses responds, and you can read this in the beginning of chapter 32, uh, negatively to these two and a half tribes. Why are you trying to prevent your brothers from going up and conquering the land? This is what their fathers did at Kadesh Barnea. They didn't want them to go in. They thought they couldn't conquer it. So Moses views this as unfaithfulness on the parts of these two and a half tribes, first of all. But then these two and a half tribes say, well, what if we settle here, but when it's time to go in and conquer, we promise to give all of our fighting men. And verse 20, Moses said to them, if you will do this, if you will arm yourselves before the Lord for war, and all of you armed men cross over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven his enemies out from before him, and all the land is subdued before the Lord, then afterward you shall return and be free of obligation toward the Lord and toward Israel, and this land shall be yours for a possession before the Lord. But if you will not do so, Behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. 
Build yourselves cities for your little ones and sheepfolds for your sheep and do what you have promised. So the sons of Gad and the sons of Reuben spoke to Moses saying, your servants will do just as my Lord commands. And now here in Joshua chapter 4, they are making good on their promise. We have about 40,000 men of war who cross into the land of Canaan with the rest of the tribes while their wives and their children uh, stay on the eastern side of the Jordan River. And then we have the great statement in verse 14 that sort of wraps a lot of this together. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel so that they revered him just as they had revered Moses all the days of his life. And we read uh, a couple times ago from uh, Exodus chapter 14 and the crossing of the Red Sea where the Lord used that miracle to really elevate Moses as a leader in the eyes of his people. He does the same for Joshua here with the crossing of the Jordan River. So all of these events of the crossing of the Jordan uh, show us that the Lord is behind everything and going to be using it for his glory in the conquest of the land of Canaan. Now verses 15 through 18. Now the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests who carry the ark of the testimony that they come out from the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests saying, come up from the Jordan. This is the last phase of the crossing of the Jordan. Everybody else has come across. The stones have all been put in place. And now the Lord is saying, tell the priests to bring the ark up. So very interesting here. The ark of the Lord as the visible symbol of God's presence goes up before the people is in the midst of the people as they're crossing over the Jordan and then comes up behind the people. I think this is somewhat symbolic of the Lord saying, I am with you. I'm going before you. I'm in your midst. I'm protecting you from behind. I'm watching over Israel throughout all of this time of conquest. Verse 17, so Joshua commanded the priests saying, come up from the Jordan, verse 18, and it came about when the priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord had come up from the middle of the Jordan and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up onto the dry ground that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and went over all its banks as before. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.